Hello, and if this is your first time with us, you're very welcome. Welcome to the Selling on eBay radio show. We're here to save you money, to increase your sales, and to have fun. The lines are open for your calls and texts. 1-833-EBAY-723 That's 1-833-322-9723 This is Fake Announcer Guy saying here's Philip and Sherry. So that's uh, Sherry Smith and Philip Jackson with you for the uh, Selling on eBay radio show. You're incredibly welcome. Sherry is a full-time seller based over in Colorado, does a lot of uh, consignment selling uh, using a small sweatshop <laughs> staffed by teenagers with doggies running around all day long. Hey, we keep that sweatshop pretty nice and cool. And the doggies keep them under control. Oh, that's right. And Philip has been a full-time seller for over 14 years living in the happiest place on earth in Florida, where he employs actually alligators and peacocks for his security Mm -hmm. regimen. He also regales eBay sellers while giving seller-led sessions at eBay Open. We'll hear a little more about that. Indeed. And that's the idea of the program. You can get in touch, stay, find out what we're doing, find out about our stores. It's at sellsellsell.online. And uh, uh, eBay Open uh, happened. And uh, what do you think? Seemed to be kind. I think it went well, didn't it? I think it went really well. The comments in the chat that I saw, people seemed very excited and engaged. Yeah, seemed good. Um, and we were pretty shameless about plugging this podcast. So thank you if you're joining as a result of one of those various plugs. Much appreciated. We saw a little bit of an uptick in the level of interest online. So I guess it, someone must have been watching eBay open because I don't think that would have happened otherwise. So thank you very much yeah. indeed for that. Um, no great and- announcements, I don't think, during the event. They kind of teased a couple of enhancements to eBay international shipping, but uh, no shockers. Well, I got a tidbit from uh, Valerie Yee, who joined my networking session on Uh how to increase profitability. And we're going to hear more. I'll tell you more about that later, because that's who you're interviewing in today's episode. And basically, the thing went off very smoothly. There wasn't any glitches. I got pretty steady video and audio. Everything seemed to work fine, which is always the the nightmare with these things, that they're going to be problems. It did work. Networking room seemed okay. We could take people in. We could put them on the screen. That seemed to go okay. So they've obviously got everything debugged. Uh, That seems pretty good. Also, this year they had uh, a bigger representation of sellers as part of the the event, not only doing seller presentations, but also kind of co-hosting some of the mainstream events. I thought that was actually quite good. Yeah, and uh, Philip, I'm at the risk of embarrassing you, and I'm sure I'm going to. Uh I really do have to say, because I was at your session, and your content was impeccable. It was excellent. I've been selling on eBay since 2006, and I just got a lot out of it myself, but also... I loved reading the chat (laughs) because, my gosh, if you haven't 
unseated me as the eBay darling. Oh, I don't know. Were, you know, this was by far the best presentation oh, of all of eBay Open. I took pictures, if you don't okay, well, believe me. Okay, let's talk about Michael Swope. He uh, was at the Seller Week, and he's also on the, um, the I think the Home Goods section of the eBay Open event. You can see him on replay there. And he's the Chief Operating Officer for One for Silver. They provide tableware and other stuff uh, to folks around the world. And he and the guy that owns the company have grown from just something out of someone's basement to uh, six people working in a 31,000 square foot facility. And it's, it's growing year on year. And I wanted to talk to him because he's uh, a, a very articulate guy who just is so knowledgeable about eBay. And he's does so many things with different parts of eBay. Uh, I just wanted to get some sort of idea of the uh, the breadth of of what he's all the things he does for eBay because it's a phenomenally wide range. So this is me grabbing a quick word with him at the uh, the Seller Week. So we're at the uh, they call it Seller Week. I think it's a chance for sellers to interact with eBay as well as to get involved in preparing for eBay Open. And with Michael Swope, and Michael's out of Akron, Ohio, and I think Michael is going to give you the award uh, this week for probably being the guy with the greatest number of fingers in eBay pies that I've ever met. Thank you. I appreciate that. I <laughs> Do you want to say some of the things that, that you get involved in um, helping out eBay from a seller's perspective? Sure. Yeah. I, so I touch a lot of teams at eBay and uh, I work with government relations pretty closely. And, and that's an excellent opportunity for people who want to reach out and be a part of the greater community. Uh, the Small Business Ambassador Network is open to any seller in good standing. Uh, and they're always looking for folks to help with GR. Um, so I, I recommend that people go to ebay.com slash Main Street and check that out. Um, and, you know, I, I work with uh, the product core product team sometimes on just looking at new features that uh, they may be trying to roll out on the platform. Uh, I also work strongly with community. I'm an Akron meetup leader, just like Phil. I know you run the Orlando meetup. Yep. Um, and, and that's a great way for me not just to meet new sellers, but experienced ones to learn from them and help them succeed in their own businesses from my perspective, too. So, so how you said you were involved with the product team. Yeah. How do you go about starting that kind of discussion. You no, know, usually they find you. So well, that's what, what I'm worried. How would, if, if I'm listening, thinking, well, I'd love to, I got brilliant ideas. Right. How would you contribute? How would you start that conversation? So I think when you're part of those the small business ambassador network or you're part of community or you're in community meetup uh, meet situations, they say, oh, we need sellers to help us test. And it looks like this guy has a good eBay business. Uh, he's in good standing, has, keeps, us, keeps his numbers and his feedback high. Maybe he can help us with, a, with, with testing um, a beta that we're doing on something. And, and we, we like his store, so let's, let's, let's have him mm -hmm. check this out. So I, I was on the beta team for MUA, uh, the multi-user access in the beginning. Um, I was also part of the beta for the eBay International Shipping Program. Oh, okay. So, and that one has been so largely successful. You know, I was a big fan of um, the old eBay um, uh, Global Shipping Program, and our business used it strongly. So, just by using those programs, and then they know that you're going to get switched over to this new program. They look at businesses that are heavily using those tools. And then say, hey, we're going to introduce something new. Help us make sure it's right. Um, and I think that 
eBay, the shipping team here, nailed uh, that eBay International program. And, and from what I hear this week, they're doing nothing but improving it still. Sure. How big is your eBay store? Just to get a sense of kind of what what, scale, what level of business you are to be on the map, if you like. Sure. So we're a pretty heavy seller on the site. Um, we offer 6,500 plus items um, and, and we're sitting at about 75,000 feedback. So uh, we're, we're, busy we're pretty, pretty busy people. <laughs> we ship a couple hundred uh, orders a day sometimes. So we're... I think I remember we had lunch at a table in Las Vegas a year or two back. I think that was when they did the Akron Retail Revival. Was that what was yeah, called? Were so you involved two, in that? 2015 was the launch of Retail Revival, and Akron, Ohio was the first city they ever launched that in. Uh, and it was a government relations-style program um, that helped bring brick and mortar to the eBay site. Uh, and it was a great program that, that helped. Uh, people that had on uh, in presence retail stores get launched on eBay for the first time, and we were happy to donate our expertise to the sellers in that program. Do you also feature in eBay video or podcast or audio? Can we find you there? You absolutely can. So I just recorded this week at Seller Week a ah. podcast episode two hundred and sixty, I believe, will be introduced soon, <laughs> um, and that will be a eBay for Business podcast with Griff. And I think I have a Speller Spotlight video coming out November 15th. So, so uh, if you mm -hmm. want to know more about us, check out that interview for sure. And uh, the eBay for Business podcast is a wonderful resource to learn about new and exciting things here on campus. And uh, I guess you're here, so presumably you're taking part in the eBay Open event. Are you able to say at a high level what your activities will be there? Yeah, so I'm a category expert in home and kitchen, and um, the, the event will go live on the first day of eBay Open, and I think our session launches at 12.30 um, Pacific time, so check <laughs> us out then. All right, well, we've got plenty of time, time to catch up with you and plenty of opportunities. Thank you very much indeed. Thanks, Phil. You do a great job with your podcast. Thank you. So, uh, Michael, I suppose, is the model. If you want to be someone that's involved in helping eBay do stuff, he sets the benchmark very high because he's, he's into all the departments. They call upon him all the time, and what I think they, the reason he's sort of front and foremost on that and then they speed dial buttons is that you ask him to think about something or appear or talk about something and he's really got it all organized in his head. He's thought it through. He's mapped out his ideas. He's got it all structured. And if you listen to him on that uh, episode of the podcast with Griff, I don't think Griff had to edit him at all. He was just, just perfect. It weren't perfect throughout, I'm sure. We also have a second guest. Yes, we have Valerie Yee, who's the chief of staff of seller experience. The VP is Shouty Zhang, and they're basically in charge of everything up until the payments. So the listing tools, management of inventory, including bulk edit, your storefront, social sharing, feedback, shipping, and member-to-member -member chat. So really, Valerie is the one you want to talk to if you want to get something done. Philip started by asking what she did think were the most common misconceptions that sellers have about eBay. So there's a couple common things. First of all, I want to start off by saying I have worked for this company almost 19 years, and the biggest reason I'm still here is because of our purpose. Okay. And our purpose is to create economic opportunity for all. And that is why I'm still here, because I believe in helping out the millions of sellers that we support and the people that I meet like you that I've known for years that like their stories they tell are just so inspiring. And so internally within these walls, we do everything possible to try to help our sellers sell. Mm -hmm. And so it, it always kind of kills my soul a little bit when I hear like the evil corporation. I was like, no, like we, 
want your stuff to sell. And so I'm in the seller experience organization. We build the listing tools. Uh, we build the seller portions of the seller hub, the Terapeak pricing, price guidance, uh, the store platform, and with all with the intention of helping you list quick and sell quick. Sometimes as sellers, when we see the end result of your, your, your hard labor, we think, oh my goodness, who thought of that? Are, are we talking about people that actually sell themselves uh, or they just, just work off some sort of market research project? We do both. So I personally have sold over 1,200 items on the platform. I always have active listings. I use the product because I like to speak intelligently when I speak mm -hmm. to sellers. Uh, but I have to admit, I don't sell in the volume of most of our sellers. So I can only speak to a certain aspect we have people in our team who sell thousands of things and, so, and, and enough to qualify for a 1099 at the 10,000 or sorry, the $20,000 uh -huh. uh -huh. level, right? So we definitely have sellers. One of our um, head of products of one of our pillars of inventory management, she has, I think, like 10,000 listings. So, I mean, like she, you know, walks the walk and talks the talk. So it's like, no, we definitely use our product. It's important to us. Uh, we try to meet with sellers whenever we can so we can get their pain points. And we, we read the feedback. So whenever you see the little thing that says, tell us what you think, I can guarantee you we read those. Is that the best way of providing feedback that tell us about this page sort of click through? Definitely. Thing? And if you do it at the page level, it's even better because mm -hmm. then it is funneled to the right team. The only ask I would have is be as specific as possible. So mm -hmm. provide an item ID, provide reproduction steps like to reproduce an issue and so i think the place where it's really challenging is because we build so many tools in a complex matrix environment that another team may have changed something on their side that we may not be aware of and our automated test cases cover the you know the majority of the cases but those edge cases is what's always kind of gets a little hiccup once in a while so i always call them the needle in the haystack and so those are the harder bugs to reproduce on our side mm -hmm. and so honestly the more detailed you can be what browser actually the browser is captured when you submit the feedback but it's like what did you do to make it do that wonky thing and right. so the more detailed you can be the better it is for our side and we can actually go troubleshoot it do you think there's more scope for ebay hiring sellers as to come on the staff Oftentimes, I just wish someone had been in the room when you were using the whiteboard could have perhaps suggested a few things that would have saved you a lot of headache. So we do a ton of user research. And so there is, under the seller engagement team, they have the expressions program, I think is what it's called now. And so we definitely utilize that program. And I don't know how to sign up for it, but Brian Burke can probably tell you. And there we can we can query thousands of sellers and ask about their input and feedback on things. Again, we do formal research, and we also have seller contacts. Like right before we met, I have a text from a seller on my phone <laughs> asking me a question about something. So uh, they definitely know many of us personally, and we will reach out to them. And, and say, you would encourage hey. people to try and make contact with eBay and and make. That's a little trickier because then we, we, we do base our data off of volume, right? And mm -hmm. so though having the one-off request of like, I want this, and it's like, well, that works for you, mm -hmm. but does it work for the masses? And right. so that is always the balance of product managers is to build the features that work for the majority. And it's super hard because you're like, but I do it this way. And you're like, that's great that mm -hmm. you do it that way, but that doesn't work for a majority of the people. Sure. So it is, it is a little tricky. We do... 
listen to the opinions based off the research, based off the data, because we have all the click data. We know where people are on the pages and what the paths are they take and, and like the buttons they're using and the features they're using. And so our decisions, whether we rebuild a page or deprecating features is based off usage. And so, yes, you may love that tool and it is your go-to tool for everything, but if usage is like 1%, it's something that we're not gonna want to continue to maintain the code base on because we would rather focus on things that, you know, 50% are more. And I think sellers. people don't understand that. Maybe eBay isn't always completely transparent about why it does things. Is that a fair criticism? I think it's a fair criticism. I think we don't have a good venue per se to be like, this is what happened. Uh, we have mentioned it, even our new VP of en- not new anymore, but our VP mm-hmm. of engineering has mentioned he wants to share like why this thing was good. wonky, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so he is all about like, why are we more transparent with our sellers okay. about why things went wrong sometimes? Taking something else then, one of the constant criticisms, and I know you've heard this before, is that eBay is hiding my listings or... You know, I sell a bit and then eBay blocks me and makes someone else sell. Is, is there any truth in that? There's no truth in that. So uh, the common phrase I hear is I've been put in eBay jail. Mm, yes. Uh, no, there's no such thing as eBay jail. Uh, when you call customer support, we do not hide your listings to punish you. That is not oh. true at all. Uh, it is The reality is that search has multiple aspects to it. There is search query understanding, which is like, okay, you type in a query, we have to figure out like, what are you asking for? For example, if you type in a dress shirt, that is very different than a shirt dress. Mm-hmm. Same two keywords, right? But mm-hmm. if you are looking for a dress shirt and you've received results that had dr- shirt dress, like you'd be like, what the heck? This doesn't make any sense to me. So. A big part of search is actually understanding the query. Like, okay. what is the buyer's intent? And so commonly I'll hear, well, I search for this and it doesn't show up. And the reality is, is sometimes, and I know it sounds weird, but the order of the words matter. And so what I would recommend is do some searches with the orders in different ways and if see which has more results. Mm-hmm. And, and the reality is the reason why that is is that you know they are doing it based off of millions of queries and you're doing it based off your you know 10 15 100 200 queries and we have access to the data that shows us the superset and so it's it is ultimately the goal is to first understand the query and then from there it is then they get the the results so now it's like they get from the search backend they they recall the results and then the third part is ranking which order do you put them in of mm-hmm. one to n, and so there's a so there's three parts to this, right? So the query understanding is I would say the hardest part because you got to figure out what the heck they're, they 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 mean, um, and then then we figure out okay this is what we have in the, on the shelf so to speak. Let's show you what we got and then what order we put it in, and it again is all about putting the inventory that we know is more likely to sell on that page. Now, you notice I didn't mention promoted listings, right? Like sometimes like there are things I don't promote because I'm like, I know I'm going to get views without it. I don't need to promote it. If I'm one of 20 sellers selling this thing, I should be okay. If I'm one of 2 million sellers selling this thing, you might need to promote it, right? And so it doesn't mean like, it's just what pool are you playing in? Mm-hmm. And So I, I'm kind of feeling the... You're not denying the fact that at a seller level, there might be good weeks and bad weeks, 
but you're looking at it overall. I think maybe this accounts for the difference is that as a, as a seller, I only care about the money I get in. eBay then may say, we've had a fantastic month. We did 5% better than last month. But if I did half, I'm upset. And my observation, I think, is, and, and, and maybe this is true or not, but the 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 algorithm, I guess it's the, the, the sort of the ranking algorithm, is quite sensitive to recent click-throughs or sales at a seller level because I can sell an item nothing for three years and I'll sell three in a row yeah um so the thing seems quite tuned to what's recently happened on my account and then you get this sort of sawtooth function where success breeds success breeds success and then I can't possibly match the growth rate and then it drops off a cliff and then it wraps up again is that a fair explanation of how it might be working I think part of the search behavior is also buyer behavior and not necessarily ranking. So mm-hmm. there are, and this is what, and what I've said is my, and again, this is my opinion is that there are very savvy eBay buyers who know how to use eBay in mm-hmm. terms of searching on eBay, which is a very different place than searching other places. It's just, you know, they know how to look for misspelled words maybe or whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. And there is a, sort order you can sort by newly listed right and so what tends to happen is buyers will sort and i call them active buyers buyers with their credit card ready ready to spend money they know how to use ebay they will sort by newly listed they find the item you listed today they click into your view item page they look at it they like your pictures they like your stuff and then they click on either your storefront or see sellers other items i think is what the link is called so here's the benefit That next page, when they click see your other items, is all you. There is no competition on that page. It's literally only your results. And that's why, like, success begets, like, it's not necessary. So people always say, well, I just listed this green pen, Mm -hmm. but I sold this water bottle that I listed two years ago. And it's like, yeah, because they were now on your store, and now they have found it based off of that. So that's one of the myths, isn't it, that I should see some real sell similar to get that initial opening ranking that a new item gets because that might be better than having sat around for a month and sold nothing is that still is that considered good practice by i eBay? wouldn't recommend it and the reason why is because a we're kind of on to that uh-huh. right and so if so you- just to, you're saying that your system is smart enough to see i stopped an item here i did a sell similar and you can link those two together, even though I didn't do relist. It's very close to. So I don't recommend it. And the reason why I don't recommend it is because even though, yes, it resets your ranking, so to speak, but the methodology is think like a buyer. Now, if you are a savvy eBay buyer, I'm assuming you have saved searches mm-hmm. on eBay. And when you get that alert that says, hey, new green pen has been listed mm-hmm. what's the first thing you do you go look at it it's the same green pen from last week i do that all the time and it annoys the hell and out then of me. guess what <laughs> the buyers then do what uh exclude that from their search they ignore the search results right they ignore the alert they ignore mm-hmm. the fact that there's mm-hmm. new inventory mm-hmm. so when you do sell similar or relist the only thing it does is it makes angry buyers mm-hmm. and then what is then their behavior changes a they no longer click on the safe search. So now when you are a seller selling that new thing, you are losing out of potential buyers because of other sellers' behavior. And people, uh, 
get hung up about glitches and this, that, and the other. Is there anything that eBay could do to more thoroughly test test stuff, do you think, before it gets applied to the platform? So we do test everything. Uh, As I alluded to earlier, we are hundreds of scrum teams across the company. We all run in our own lane, so to speak, Mm -hmm. which is why we use, we rely on automated testing in order to do the, 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 basic test cases to make sure nothing breaks that's basic mm-hmm. where it, there are hiccups is when another team changed something that we may not have been aware of and then our test cases don't catch it because it's something that like they changed that we just didn't know about so and doesn't that argue in favor of because there obviously there's the stuff going on all the time and there's interactions between things having a, a stage between that and letting it loose to the whole seller community of putting it live on a couple of test servers, giving people that opt in to be beta trialists to check everything out for a few weeks and then put it into production rather than go from straight from the lab. A few weeks, my friend. We launch code hourly. <laughs> I understand that. But why? What is the benefit to the seller of you running around doing other stuff? Is this stuff so important it couldn't wait a day or a few days? What is it that's so urgent about it? It is not necessarily an urgent thing, but it is constantly addressing the seller feedback of stuff that they feel we need to change. Mm -hmm. And so to wait another three weeks is like, well, why we wait if we have it right now? Now, just to be clear, A, we run test cases. B, we also do sanity checks. And C, we look at the servers as we're rolling on to a few servers to make sure there's no errors. Mm -hmm. And so we roll slowly on those things. Second of all, we do majority of our features we run ramp where we ramp them up so we'll ramp at five percent and then we read the feedback and if we see signals of hey like maybe we broke something then we stop the ramp or we revert back depending on what Mm -hmm. it is and we look into it and then when we it's almost like a sanity check then we go to 10 percent 25 percent 50 and then for sure from that we ramp pretty quickly but a lot of our stuff that we're changing we do ramp it and, mm-hmm. and that ramping is to catch those things because every, it's everyone is we're running super fast to make sure we launch code as you know to, to make it as efficient as possible for our, our customers, buyers and sellers. Another one that people in meetup groups around the country tend to come up with and complain over a beer is about item specifics. It seems to be a constantly moving target. There's more things I have to type in. It takes a lot of work. I've got hundreds or thousands of listings to go through. Why on earth does eBay put us through all this? Is it really necessary? It actually is. Uh, we do a lot of tests on, not to say the negative side, but we turn off stuff and just see what the impact is. And we recently did a test where we turned off all recommended item specifics and just had required, and we saw conversion go down. Hmm. So we're like, okay, that's bad. So clearly, test, small percentage population, not in the U.S. We do also test in other markets as well, just to be a little more conservative mm-hmm. on what we're, what we're testing. And so we're like, okay, methodology proved that when, the, when we just asked for required, then sales, in theory, can go down. Now, let's be clear. There is a whole load of recommended versus required. So first of all, only required is required. It's usually like three or four things. It's not a lot. So if you want to do the bare minimum, required is it. That's all you need. Mm -hmm. Now, whole load of recommended, right? That's where people see the wall. We call them the wall of aspects. Internally, that's what we call it. And we know it's not ideal. And so that's why we provide the buyer demand data on the listing tool so you can see and make an educated decision 
Is this something that's worth me filling out or not? If a million buyers are searching for this and you know the information, it might behoove you to fill it out. Now, I'm listing this San Jose Sharks hockey rally towel from Hockey Saves Cancer Night or Hockey Fights Cancer Night. And one of my recommended item specifics it's asking for is player. Well, there is no player on this towel. I am not going to put Logan Couture because if I was a buyer searching for a Logan Couture item and my towel showed up in that result set, as a buyer, I'd be disappointed. So please, please do not make them up. Do not be erroneous. I know someone who was a seller who, because we asked for character in some things, I know people get very sensitive about the whole character thing, um, they put Batman for everything. I was like, please don't do that. Because now you have a buyer searching for Batman, and they get to your item, and there's no Batman. And so you have to put yourself in the shoes of the buyer. The, the item specifics are there for the buyer. So don't put N.A., because no buyer is going to filter on N.A. But that's kind of been ingrained over the years, hasn't it? It has, but it's okay to leave them blank. And I know the problem is, is you got the little red bubble that tells you, you these are recommended and we recommend you do it. And we're all type A, including myself. And the little red bubble annoys me. But if you go to Seller Hub and you click on the item specifics, like from like the listings page, there's a little button you can click that says ignore all or something like that. But unfortunately, it's like listing by listing, which is we're working on making out of bulk ignore all because mm -hmm. that would be nice. Just be like, clear my bubbles. Like I've gone through mine and there's several listings of mine that I literally just cannot fill them out. I just, I cannot. And I'm not going to guess and I'm not going to put NA. So I live with my bubbles and it drives me crazy. So, I mean, I can go on Seller Hub and dismiss them one by one, but then, then I heard they come back. So I was like, okay. So uh, ideally, yes, we can have a dismiss. Don't show me again. I do not know these. I'm not going to guess. Or I don't plan on filling it out ever, so please stop telling me. Um, the other thing about item specifics, which we hear a lot about, is why you ask me for character, for example. And the reality is we have a marketplace where you can list anything from Justin Bieber's chewed gum to an iPhone. And some are very catalog-specific items, and some are one-of-a-kind, some are wacky, hence the everything else category. Mm -hmm. And to create a listing tool that can cover every single use case is literally impossible. So all the item specifics are category-driven. So one tip of the day is... If you are doing a sell similar, which is someone else's, no, sell similar is your inventory. If you're doing a sell one like this, which is someone else's inventory, I highly recommend you make sure the category is correct first before yep. you do anything else because a lot of sellers get really mad. They fill out all the item specifics mm -hmm. and then they change the category mm -hmm. and it wipes them all out and they go, why did you wipe them all out? And the reality is the, the item specifics are based off the category. And so we don't know which ones are the same. So the safe answer is to start from scratch. And so we apologize, but like, and of course they're like, but it says color, color's color. And I'm like, but sometimes it's not, right? Sometimes the color of the iPhone is a different color than the color of the Android phone. And they call them different things. And maybe it's called metallic and iPhone, it's called silver on the Google phone or whatever. So it's not always necessarily color is color. And so we just need to, the tip of the day is make sure you choose a category first. It'll reset all of the item specifics to be what they should be in terms of that category. 
the other thing is they say, well, why these don't apply? Like I've never, I'm an expert in stamps and this does not apply at all in stamps. Like Mm -hmm. what are y'all doing? Right. Mm -hmm. We do have category specific people, but again, they have to manage globally things. And, and sometimes it's like, I know it doesn't seem like it makes sense, but there's probably a reason they did it. So, I mean, it's just one of those, we have to cover everything and you may know your little sliver but like Mm -hmm. we may know more than that and so sometimes they don't make sense if they don't make sense leave it blank and that's you know the sort of moral of the story here right if it doesn't apply leave it blank you can go on seller hub and you can go dismiss it you get rid of the red bubble but but that don't and please don't do na because no one's going to filter on that but and then I'm supposed to say, well, do I type in my own? What if it's a color I want to type in? You can type it, but I don't think it actually shows up in search left-hand navigation until, like, it's a massive amount of people that right. do it. So mm-hmm. if it's not in the options to choose from, I would just say leave it blank. Mm-hmm. So that's sort of the, the tack that I take when I sell on things. But item specifics are important. They do help you in terms of search results and showing up on that page. The other thing is if a buyer is using the left-hand navigation to filter, it's on the right-hand side if it's on native, but if they're using the the filters to narrow down their search, if you don't enter that in, you now disappear from that next click because we don't know what if it's that particular thing. And lastly... I think sellers are kind of confused by what eBay's message is regarding AI. What does that mean? Where is it going? What is it going to do for us in the next year or two? Are you able to say anything at all? Cool stuff is happening. What's uh, like? Like I, I have a new listing tool on my phone. That's pretty cool. Because I was thinking something like that that would be more of a, of a counseling process to say that's not a very good title could you add this or is this word is is used a lot or we don't like mint or new or you know lots of things you could guide people through the process without necessarily necessarily making rules but you could you could help people be better uh, uh certainly at selling yeah and it's there is a uh, shouty who is the vp of seller experience uh she partners a lot with nitsan who is our chief ai officer and uh, there, there's amazing things we're doing with AI. Uh, part of it is we just redid the white background removal tool, uh-huh. and we're calling it background 2.0, and the before and afters are pretty impressive. Like, it adds, like, a tiny little bit of a glow around it now. Oh. Um, things that it just got wrong before, like the tough stuff between shoelaces mm-hmm. and that stuff, it's, Islands, all, it's yeah. all good now. Mm-hmm. So, like, if you haven't tried it recently, I highly recommend you try it again because that's now fully ramped up to 100%. And so that's that was all AI modeling that we used for that. There is um, the AI generation, uh, we call the next uh, AI gen, what do we call it? AI description gen of, it's only on uh, mobile right now, which people are like, why is not on the, on the desktop? So we also will test things on certain platforms first before we go all in on all the platforms. But the gen AI description writer is pretty fun. Um, now, I know many sellers are like, it's too wordy, but the data shows us it's working. The data mm-hmm. shows us that sellers that use it have higher conversion rates and sellers that don't. So sometimes Google likes more words. Google gets you better SEO coverage. And and so it's it's one of those things as you may not think it's good, but 
the systems do. So mm -hmm. trust the system, so to speak, right? And But I will say, yes, it's very wordy. Um, the other tip, if you're ever going to use a Gen AI description writer, is it will overwrite everything you have by default, like by the first thing. So I recommend start with it and then edit it. I always edit at the top the condition and the whatevers. But, but let's be clear, there are many, many sellers out there and I shop on eBay that like, it's literally the title. Uh -huh. And they wonder why their stuff isn't selling. Valerie, thank you very much indeed for your time. Are you appearing at any events where sellers get to meet you face to face? Are you going to Las Vegas in October, for example, or you don't know yet? I will be in Philadelphia for eBay Open. Okay, very good. And I'm not going to make it to Vegas this year. I am going to Egypt for huh. a bucket list trip. Very so good. it okay. happens to conflict with Boss, so right. I will not be a Boss reseller mix this year, first time, but, um, but I will be in Philadelphia. So sadly, she's not going to be going to the Boss Reseller Remix this year. Disappointing, because she was there last year and was a very useful resource if you want to uh, find out what's really going on at eBay. But she was going around the eBay open networking rooms. She popped into one of mine, I know. Yes, and then she came into mine, and this was my regional networking group. So that's a much smaller group. Uh -huh. And she was... Amazing. She came mm. on screen. Um, I had been talking a little bit about using Terapeak to increase profitability it, the previous day in my how to increase profitability networking room and just using it to determine the sell through rate of an item before you waste your time to list it. Well, she. It was awesome. She probably was spoke for maybe 40 minutes. Wow. And it was incredible. And we were all very engaged. But she was just talking about making an effective quality listing. But also she talked about the power of Terapeak. And my little insight, I don't know if everybody knows about this now or not from eBay Open, but they are working on... Terapeak for mobile. Oh, okay. Actually, I do think that's a little, um, you know, sneak peek information. All right. Um, and basically, the bottom line is there's over 2 billion items on eBay. I think she said 15 million sellers. eBay's goal is to get your items sold. Sure. And they're doing everything they can to make that happen, to get your items seen, because they make money when we make money. Yeah, very good. Okay, yeah, she was she was very good about coming around, saying hello to people, and trying to do the best to uh, get to know sellers, which is what it's all about. So good luck to her for that. Thank you very much indeed. And uh, that's almost it for this week's edition of the program. We'll be back in a few days' time with another one, just trying to get some uh, interviews out that we have in the can and uh, so it's Philip and Shari here saying uh, do check us out online maybe stay in touch during the week uh, you can do that at sellsellsell.online so it's Philip saying thank you for your time this week and thank you so much for joining us <laughs>